How old were you when you were playing baseball? Third grade, so 15. Welcome to Bridge from Nowhere, life on the far northern edge of America. I'm Andy. Lived in a truck for a while, didn't you? No. And I'm Jamie. You know, Alaska living's a little bit different, but also a little bit the same. And we like to talk about that, and we also like to talk about adventures and Star Wars and bears and poo. You'd be surprised what people send down the toilet. And I'm Lou. We also... Damn it! Damn it! And I'm Lou. We also bring in friends and even experts to talk to us about some of the things that make life here interesting. You know, when you lose your kidneys, you lose your ability to make blood. And so I was like a vampire. I believe they call it a lard florgen. Or a yarkashnargen. <laughs> I think it's a yarkashnargen. it was a flabberdinker. Yeah. I think it might be a flabberdinker. <laughs> oh, yeah, go to the flabberdinker. We got you all set up out there. That's all to come on Bridge from Nowhere. Do, 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 do. Welcome to Bridge from Nowhere. I'm Andy Klein. I'm Jamie Karnick. And I'm Lou. How's it going? Pretty good. Not bad. Beautiful yeah. day out there today. It's awful out, and it's uh, something we're going to talk about. Yeah. Oh, is it? I think so. All right. We're going to talk a little bit. This show, let's, this is our first show. This is it. This is, the, this is actually our first moment of our first show. It's about living in an isolated place, in an extreme place, in a different place than a lot of the world lives, and in a different way, but in the same way. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Yeah. So what is it to you that sets this place that we live apart, which is just we live in Alaska. We live in the north. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that set this place apart for me. As a Midwestern kid, the uh, the fact that I live where the mountains meet the sea is uh, pretty extraordinary. You know, I mean, I, we didn't have either one of those things in Minnesota or even Chicago where I lived. And so that was the when I first moved here, that was the first thing I liked about living here. So we have a common experience that we moved here at a certain point in our 20s. Mm-hmm. You were in your 20s. I was in my 20s. Yeah. Separated by about 10 years when we moved here. That's but right. You've, you grew up partially in Alaska. I grew up in Anchorage and then moved to Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> when I was eight years old. And then I moved back to Alaska when I was 15. Not awkward at all. No. It's no. a good time to move, isn't it? Yeah, especially yes. when you move into the middle of high school. That is the best way to get a lot of friends. And um, I moved in the middle of high school in the middle of the year mm-hmm. when I moved to Florida. From I moved to I moved from Boston to New Jersey for one year, for part, part of one year, when I was 16. Wow. It's the best. In fact, the day we moved to Florida, the day we arrived in Florida was my 16th birthday. Wow, perfect. Yeah, it was awesome. Sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> Your Just birthday present is <laughs> snakes and gators. <laughs> Mosquitoes, spiders the size of your hand, and no one you know or has any shared experience with you in any way, and large rodent rodents called nutria. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, I think they're in Florida now. Those they big made it? things. I think so. Is that right? Maybe not. We should find out. What nutria. Are those, the nutria are the are those the same thing as the paca 
those big, huge capybara. Capybara. I don't think that's the same thing as a capybara. Oh, capybaras are amazing. Capybaras is nature's biggest rodent. Yes, but yes. they're but they're sweet. <laughs> they're awesome, aren't they? Yeah. They're supposed to be very they're sweet. They're so sweet. Jen, my wife Jen, really wants to get one actually for the house. I don't think you should do it. I think we should actually. <laughs> she showed me a video of them like swimming around in one of those up, above ground pools, and it. I want one so bad now. Do you want to ride it? I did. Well, it's no because I would hurt they're, it. They're not rideable. No, size. I mean not oh. for me. Maybe for you. Little. Yeah, <laughs> for a normal. <laughs> For me, me up. Yeah, for like a person who's not, you know, I would, I, my God, the poor thing. I mean, it'd be a good image for a minute. <laughs> maybe you just want it to ride you. Oh, well, yes, maybe, possibly. <laughs> well, that would be good. That I would mean, be they're, good. they're rideable for a child, I think. You, I could, totally. you could put a little tiny no, saddle, yeah. or if you had a pet monkey. Mm. Also true, monkey riding a capybara. <laughs> That'd be good. That's comedy. Yeah, that's, that's gold. That's gold. <laughs> that's all you need. Turn that on for an hour. Yeah, yeah I could see YouTube it. sensation. So so tell me about your experience coming back. What, you came down to Juno from – you went to school in University of Fairbanks. Like a fool, yeah. <laughs> like a fool. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was nice and dark and there was nothing to do but to go to the gym and then leave the gym and drink. That's why you're so massively ripped today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I met Pat Race and Aaron Suring up there and uh, one summer I was looking for a job. I didn't want to – Count fish again, and uh, they said, "Come on down." And I liked it. I went back up to school to Fairbanks again, and then uh, I just came back and didn't leave. And that was in 2005. Lived in a truck for a while, didn't you? No, <laughs> I not, spent at least not a few on the air. He didn't yeah. in a truck waiting for an apartment to open. <laughs> well, this legend has grown then. <laughs> yeah, because I really thought you, for an extended period of time, were living in your truck. No, I, uh, I I camped in it for Legally. several weeks, waiting for the apartment. I didn't want to get a place for two weeks because uh, they were calling you Hobo Lou. Y- yeah, that was when I first met you, actually. <laughs> oh, I- ignore that guy in the office there. Boxcar he, Lou. He, he, yeah. he just comes and goes. Yeah, who is this guy? Man, <laughs> that's Boxcar Louie. Boxcar Everybody's Louis. got, a, you know, uh, home is where the van is. Mm-hmm. Did you have, like, so you, you were in the back of the truck, I assume, right? Like under a topper and everything. Yeah, it was, it was it was like camping. Did you have, like, an organized system for your life, or did you just kind of have all your stuff and, like, you slept? Or did you have, like... Just stuff built into the back and, like, that kind of thing, or...? I had a sleeping pad in there and a sleeping bag and a few boxes of things, and the rest of my stuff is at... Uh, Pat's dad's house yeah. in storage. I was wondering because, you know, Jen and I lived in a truck for a little while too, for like three months. But yeah. we were like camping, driving around. Mm-hmm. And after a while, we set up like sort of a system of like this box has the stuff to like brush my teeth and this box has where the underwear goes and this box has the food. And don't mix them up. No, no. right? <laughs> well, because for a while that was the thing. Like you start and you're just like, oh, that just everything will be there. But then it just becomes a pile yeah. unless you apply some sort of system. The smaller the Living quarters, the more you have to organize. Yeah, that's right. right. It's like yeah. living on a boat. So you and then, and then are you talking about when you lived in the van in the in the RV park? No, that, oh, was, okay. that was the other time I lived in a vehicle. <laughs> no. <laughs> the only problem with it was there was a somewhat of a black mold problem, which I learned is part of everyday life in Juneau. And then uh, the other problem was since I was on, I think I parked in Gold Street. Or maybe Gaston, though. I can never remember what's what. Uh, coming out of the truck in the morning was kind of interesting because I didn't want people to see oh, yeah. me in there. And I had uh, foil on some of the windows. <laughs> foil. 
and uh, <laughs> I would get out, and then uh, you know, I would. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? You'd kind of like pretend like like you'd have to get out looking like oh, I just pulled up, like I'm, or you mean because you don't want to get out and scratch yourself and like and all that stuff, like like you clearly just spent the night in your van or your truck. Well, you made it look like. Uh, I made it look like I was maybe retrieving something oh, for yeah. eight hours. See, perfect. <laughs> Getting something out of the back of the truck. <laughs> digging around. Dig, rooting hours. around, digging around. <laughs> so you didn't come good. out in like your police penguin pajamas and like none of that. Yeah. Just well, a tank top. Uh, I slept naked. So. Oh, well. <laughs> there was no issue there. All right. Good to know. Yes. <laughs> People just thought it was some sort of released zoo ape <laughs> on the loose. What do we do? That's the skinniest, <laughs> sickliest bear I've ever seen. I remember hearing that. The Gastineau ape. I yes. remember the legends. Yes, it's loose. Don't leave Don't leave your garbage out. <laughs> yeah. Keep oh, your dogs man. indoors. Yeah. It is, <laughs> that it's old a, joke. Yeah. <laughs> Lock up your women. The Gastineau ape is on the loose. <laughs> oh, gosh. It is a thing, though, like living in a vehicle. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a weird way you, to live. And you a lot the, of people here do it. I you mean, have a problem with the ravens, right? Yeah, well, the the Stellar Jays, which is a bird oh. we have up here, which is an amazing, beautiful bird. And but annoying. Generally, I love the Stellar Jay. Like at 2 in the afternoon, if I'm out for a hike and there's a Stellar Jay, it's amazing. But when I lived in my pop-up trailer, I would lay there in my sleeping bag, and at, I'm going to say, 3.30 in the morning, the Stellar Jays would get on the roof with their scratchy talons. And it was just like an aluminum roof. <laughs> Like four of them would have a little gathering to kind of plan out their day. Like, and all right, they'd Bob, start squawking. Yeah, like, uh, like Bob, you're going over there moot. today, and you're going to steal this garbage. And, and then they would just make this noise that I can attempt to recreate. But Here we everyone, go. Turn your volume down. We're going to turn the volume down a little bit. Here we like, go. It was kind of like like a dinosaur noise, kind of. <laughs> well, they are, I guess, related, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, you can see dinosaur nests in them. <clears throat> and then I had a broom, which I never used to sweep the trailer because it wasn't very big, and you know. Um, and I would bang on the roof, and they would leave for forty-two seconds, That's and then they would come roof back. Broom, yeah. And I think after a while, they like it, they were kind of into it. I'd bang on the roof, and they would like fly once around, and then they'd come back and land <laughs> back on his roof. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. You should have ins- installed sod on your roof. I should have. That would have been nice, like like oh. Scandinavians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have a been really roof. cool. That's a part sod of your roof. Pop you have trailer. that dream. You want a sod? You want a sod roofed thing in the backyard at some point, maybe? Yeah, like a uh, sod roofed. Um, trying to come up with a Hubble. joke. You said thing. I was going to guess the house. Something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Norwegians have. Yeah, I believe they call it a lardflorgen or a yarkeshnorgen. <laughs> it is a yarkeshnorgen. It was a flabberdinker. Yeah. I think it might be a flabberdinker. <laughs> oh yeah, go to the flabberdinker. We got you all set up out there. Always good for a joke, making oh, yeah. fun of the Swedish. I love Scandinavian. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's their own fault, really. I mean, it's, and, I, and as someone of Scandinavian stock, it's ridiculous languages. Yes, you Karnik. Know. Now Karnik is that Scandinavian? No, Karnik is East European. It's uh, Czechoslovakian yeah. or Czech Republic, I think it was. Um, but the interesting thing, Lou and I did this the other day, actually. I Googled Google image searched for my last name, which I'd never done before. K-A-R-N-I-K. K-A-R-N-I-K. And thousands of Indian people came oh, up. Oh, right. Yeah. And yeah. so it's apparently a very popular Indian surname. Huh. So you might be Indian. I could be, for all yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All I could sure. ever get out of my dad when I was a kid was that we were descended from gypsy royalty. Well. Yeah. Yes, we Obviously. knew that already. Even to the point where, like, in fourth grade, where you go to class and they have you do the, like, oh, today your assignment is to go home and ask your parents what your heritage is. And then we'll, tomorrow <laughs> we have, like, the map and we'll pin them on the wall and... 
So everybody gets up, oh, I'm Norwegian, and the other kid, my mom is Swedish, because I was in Minnesota, so everybody was Norwegian and Swedish, basically. And I was like, oh, my mom's side is Norwegian, and my dad's side were descended from gypsy royalty. <laughs> I don't really remember. the teacher take <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't really remember. I think her name was Mrs. Reber. I don't remember what she did. We should call her. We should, because we were putting pins on the map and all that stuff, and I think she just kind of stuck it in Eastern Europe somewhere. We'll find Mrs. Reber, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> she was kind of old <laughs> even then. So, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. We were just talking about Naval Observatory and Master Clock. And, uh, oh, we were, yeah. How it's uh, it's the voice of a dead man at this point. Because sure it's been it the same voice for 40 years, as far as I know. It's a ghost. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. the tone. Right. The time is. Naval Observatory, Master Clock. I could bring it up here yeah, in a minute. Let's we'll bring it. it up. Well, we'll bring it up here in a minute, but yeah. Naval Observatory, Master Clock. I didn't realize it was Naval Observatory. Yeah. Hmm. Where, where, where does that come from? Like, how do they do that? I don't know. That's a mystery, right? <laughs> We're going to find out. Like, who decides? Let's like, this is on what that. the time is. Yeah, let's let's investigate. I'm that. writing that down. Naval Observatory. We're what gonna, are they yeah. observing? I think through the magic of radio, it'll be maybe the next thing we hear about. That might be. Yeah. In three, two, <laughs> one. <laughs> U.S. Naval Observatory Master Clock at the tone Eastern Standard Time, twenty-one hours fifty-six minutes thirty seconds. That might Universal be a little too magical. That would yeah. be too magical. Yeah. <laughs> What were you saying, Lou? I forgot. Damn. Something about the What Flugen are they observing? Oh. oh, I was just wondering yeah. what they observe exactly. Their navel. <laughs> <laughs> at the tone. And every once in a while they shake that guy and he looks at the clock on the wall. Huh? 1248. <laughs> All right. I'm back at back it now. looking at the navel. Just staring away. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the Navy. No. Oh. Not at all. Yeah, it's no. a common mistake. <laughs> That's, people think that. But, yeah. It's kind of how it caught yeah. on. Yeah. So, uh... I was thinking about one thing that's interesting that we all have in common. None of us use our given name. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And we all have somewhat ambiguous, gender ambiguous names. Oh, we do. We do, yes. Lou, Jamie, Andy. Yeah. Now, Lou, is that a, can that be a ladies' name? Sure, of course. Lou? Oh, like, like Cindy Louise Lou? Like, or like, yeah, like Lou, Lou for Louise? Like, yeah. you've never met a woman named Lou before? I've met a woman named Wheeze. We No. <laughs> Wow, I, just, I, a, I just wheezed into the microphone there. I had a great aunt named Billy. Nice, yeah. Southern, Southern, Southern stuff. Billy, yeah. You can get these interesting was, names. Was she a goat? She was not. Oh. You take that yeah. back. She was a lovely woman. <laughs> oh, great aunt Billy. <laughs> she was a lovely woman. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but an interesting name. And I remember as a kid, always kind of like get a little bit getting it mixed up, sort of, you know, and forget, you know, Uncle like. Billy. Oh, yeah. Not quite, yeah. Totally, yeah. I knew a girl in high school named Billy. Yeah. She went through that all the time. Yeah, yeah. poor thing. I get the, I get a lot of letters to Miss Jamie Carnick. Yeah. Yeah. Or Miss, dear Mrs. Carnick. Yes, we have a surprisingly good <laughs> offer for you today. Zero percent APR. So yeah. here's the, so my thing was, I was, as I remember, I was in second grade. I might have been third grade. And I just decided I didn't want to be called Andrew anymore. I wanted to be called Andy. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go, go around in school and sort of make this this policy. Yeah, like I will now be thing. I will now be called Andy. Don't call me Andrew. Call me Andy. It's a weird thing it's to a think weird about. Thing, yeah. I would have gone the other way. I would have enforced the name Mandrew. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would have been good. Hello. Well, now that I think of, yeah, now I, I now that I think about it, I could have gotten so much cool. I think Drew is a Drew cooler is a good name, name yeah. than Andy. But being Andy probably formulated who you are. D- somehow, right? Maybe? I totally think so. If people were calling you Drew as a kid, they'd probably treat you differently. I'd be a lot cooler. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be a little more laid back. Yeah, maybe. Drew. We'll see. Drew. It's Drew. You know, yeah. Drew, Drew. You're like yeah. laid back, yeah. right? 
I'm Drew. I'm Drew. <laughs> Welcome to Drew's Radio Hour. Yeah. You'd be hosting like a midnight show in Fort Myers, Florida still. Yeah, and now you were called James. I Well, my given name was James. And so then, that's what your parents called you, was James? Not really. I mean, as long as I can remember, they, they called, called me Jamie. Jamie. Oh, yeah. so maybe. When I was a kid kid, I was Jamie, yeah. So um, maybe maybe you kind of didn't make the conscious decision to say, call remember. me Jamie. I'm sure it was up to me, though. I mean, my parents were, you know, super cool about yeah. that and call me whatever I wanted him to. Yeah. So for a year I had them, I had everybody call me Carno. In fact, in my parents. <laughs> <laughs> in like fifth grade. And my parents even did it. Carno. You know, God bless them. Carno. Yeah. Carno. Hey, Carno. So what was that about? You know, you're just fourth grade or fifth grade or whatever. And I was like, I want to be called Carno. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that you should have stuck with. I know, I should have. I, <laughs> that really would have formed who you are. I even had a jacket that had embroidered Carno on it. <laughs> I never knew this. Because I was cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Yeah, Carno. And everybody called me, uh, you know, like I'd walk down the halls and go, Carno, like all that stuff. Yeah. I went by Carno. Um, but yeah, I mean, I must have decided when I was a little kid. I don't really remember the moment, but I can never remember a time in school that I wasn't called Jamie. You know, even from being like f- kindergarten, first grade. Yeah. yeah. So then what about you, Lou, whose real first name is not Lou? It's David. So did were you ever called David or just from the beginning you were always called Lou? As far as I, I remember, um, they called me Lou or Louie. But yeah, it, wasn't, brother, it wasn't until third grade that I learned that my name is spelled L-E-W-I-S. My middle Lewis. name. Oh, that's I my. Uh, didn't know that's that. a family name in my my family as well. So my uncle's I, name was Lewis. I felt pretty stupid not that I learned my name and properly in third grade. In fact, my my grandmother's name was Blanche Lewis, and my grandfather's name was Chester Lewis Bowman. Nice, because, Chester Lewis because Bowman. they were cousins. <laughs> Like you do. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Yeah, they're very... Down in the hollow. Yeah. You know, uh, royalty, you got to keep yep. bloodlines keep the pure. Bloodlines right. pure. No, right. no muggles wanna, in there. You want to keep that hemophilia <laughs> in the family. Explains a lot. <laughs> I guess they're now saying that, like, all that stuff about bloodlines isn't, there's not as much to it. I guess it. it's kind of okay, right? Yeah, like, right. from a scientific standpoint. Yeah. You like, know, you can't like, continue to do it and do it and yeah, do it. You'll, yeah. but like, a one-off is fine. But one-offs are Like, many things apparently. in life. Really. Okay, yes. Like, do it once, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, Just don't do it all off. the time. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I always remember being called Lou. I don't know why. My parents, I asked them. They said, oh, we don't remember why. It's <laughs> right. interesting. Because they named you David and then, like, immediately gave it up. Mm-hmm. And is Lewis a, that's a family name? Yeah, it was my grandmother's dad's name. Now, is that one of the Civil War? Uh, he, was he was a coal miner okay. in Pennsylvania. Lewis Kelly. Because there's a Lewis on the Pennsylvania Monument at Gettysburg, right? No, there's a Logan. Oh, a Logan, not a Lewis, a Logan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's my last name. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's pretty, ex- that's pretty uh, exciting, right? That must have been pretty cool. Well, yeah, I didn't uh, know anything about that side of the family then and until a distant cousin sent me a package of the history and the guy that was on the monument he was in the civil war and i remember it well dear florence dear, dear florence dear florence keep the weevils out of the hay <laughs> Do try to keep up with the bow wheels. Yes. 
Ended up being my grandfather's grandfather. A captain in the Company E or something like that. Wow. Fighting for the Pennsylvania Company E or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Against the Johnny Rebs. And he fought, Johnny at, Reb. he fought at Gettysburg? He was in the wilderness in Gettysburg, and I uh, did some research about him and found some letters that were being sold online. So I, I bought one or two, and one of them talks about the battle that they call the wilderness, and I think they were one of the first groups to charge against the rebels, and he's talking about how uh, Jimmy from Greensburg got shot in the face. Because that's how he talked back then. <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, some Here other guy is. got shot also in the head. Ugh. And another th- guy vanished. I never saw him again, but uh, the guys that got shot in the head, they the, both survived. And these were these big, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. These are these big, slow-moving slugs, weren't they back then? Have you, you know, the ballistic stuff, they're supposed to be these, really, they would just shatter tree limbs and... I don't know. Right? The stuff I remember in the Ken Burns stuff about the wilderness was all this tree splitting, you know? <laughs> Laying a little Ken Burns on for you there. Sorry. It's not actually him playing that, you know? No. I don't know. I thought that's how they did it. What do I know about this guy? Yeah. <laughs> that's right, though. Yeah, and isn't like wilderness was like one of the bloodiest. Ugh. Like that was the one where they just said we have more people than you. And so we're going to win by for it. throwing human misery at human misery until mm. you give up. Yeah, bad, bad stuff. Bad stuff. Well, we've come mm. full circle. That was extreme. Yeah. The Civil War. That was extreme. Very extreme stuff. We live in an extreme place. And we'll be back with more from The Bridge from Nowhere. And now, ladies and gentlemen, your host, Andy, Jamie, and Lou on the Poop Vocals. Now let's talk about poop. Welcome to Pooh Corner. Here on Bridge from Nowhere, being joined by Marissa Capito, who's the ninjaneer out at the Juno Wastewater Treatment Plant. Thanks for coming. Yeah, no problem. And once again, talking to us about all things poo. I can't wait. <laughs> this is going to be great. It's the best. Did you leave? It's our best idea so far. Yeah. Is to, to bring you in and talk about poo is our so best idea. So far, it was our only idea. Yeah. <laughs> wait, once we got so far, yeah. Once it coalesced. Yeah. We went with it. We have a fascination with poo. Good. Maybe everyone does in a way. They just don't admit it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. This is actually one of the questions I had was what is the deal with the fascination with poo? You mean most – are you telling me most Jamie, people don't I take pictures of it? Jamie, I am not a psychologist. No, I know. But, but you must – I can't tell you why, people. <laughs> but you – I mean you are an expert in a way I would imagine because you must hear about it all the time. Well, everybody's jokes is, and everybody's like – you know, every time – yeah, I mean it, you must hear about it a lot. That is a fascinating part about poop is that like even now – I think everybody in this room still laughs at poop and fart jokes. Absolutely. As much as we did when we were little kids. And even I'm not, a, I don't get even it. Even as an engineer. Like, I, I, I still think it's funny. 
and I I don't I don't get I don't know why. There's probably some research about that somewhere. Somebody should do some Somebody research about it, that. Right? Yeah. A sociologist or something. That would be great. Maybe I would read stinky. that paper. It's embarrassing because it's stinky. Sorry. Yeah, maybe that's how we get through it. Like yeah. it's gross, so we just have to laugh about it. And so it, let's back up for a minute. What do you do at the wastewater treatment plant? What's your what's your kind of daily life there like? Um I do so originally I started as a wastewater treatment plant operator, meaning I was I was in the pit, so uh, to speak. Wow, Take this is, shovel. Is there a pit? There's the very large tanks okay. that you could consider pit, a pit of despair. <laughs> We have nicer names for these things. Um, so that, that's how I started. I've had several wastewater jobs throughout my life. Um, at For Juno, though, I started as a wastewater treatment plant operator, meaning I mostly ran equipment, um, did preventative maintenance on a lot of equipment that keeps the place functioning, um, lab work, sampling. And then I phased into this engineering job. I have a degree in environmental engineering, so that's good that I can use it. And I primarily do a lot of research. We have wastewater treatment requires a lot of equipment, a lot of different types of technology. And so if we need to look into how we can improve what we're doing, that involves a lot of research. Um, I communicate um, a lot with different entities in the city. Um, researching things or giving tours that's oh, most of what i tours. do tours really tours for wow. tourists if they want to really but is like, it on like, like mostly is the cruise ship selling this as a thing to do in juno they're not a day trip but the cruise ships should actually sell what tours of their doing. own yeah. because they have very sophisticated wastewater treatment systems on those ships and they're very interesting to see. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that. We'll, That's one we'll of the questions. We'll, we're going to talk about that. Okay. Right. But you had a question about poo specifically. Not specifically about poo, but okay. related. Uh, whenever I have to snake <laughs> some pipe in my apartment or whatever, <laughs> um, something comes out on occasion. It's like poop. No. I that don't think black so. Black stuff, kind of. No, like a like a like a cheesy substance. <laughs> it's like a white. <laughs> Keep going. This like is good. Spongy material. Oh, he's wanted to know for years. Oh what, my god! Is that soap residue or what is that? I have. N- that would be a better question for a plumber. Okay. Honestly. All right. I, I have no idea. There, it's. A, I mean, and I've seen what it. comes out of your toilet is a reflection of what you put down it. So what are you putting well, down your toilet? I was talking I guess. About the, are you putting the other things besides what comes out this of your is body? The oh, the shower. Yeah, it's a gray, oh. gray water. Yeah, I'll blame the roommates. Could it be something growing? I mean, is that what you think it is? It's more like well, something that's kind of like that seems... leads to a second question. My my brother is a plumber, a pipe fitter in Anchorage with the union up there, and he was taking out a uh, sewer main mm-hmm. in a restaurant up in Anchorage, and. Uh, he said he looked in it, and there, it was like a, a whole zoo in there of weird growths. Yeah. What grows in sewer pipes? Microbes. He uh. said there was multi, <laughs> multi-colored. Really he said there was red and blue <laughs> and all kinds of weird colors. and. Yeah. Microbes, corrosion goes on in mm-hmm. pipes. I mean, you'd be surprised what people send down the toilet or... 
choose. Sometimes we get people lifting up the manholes and throwing stuff down there that they shouldn't. We get all kinds of stuff. You, like, are the microbes beautiful sometimes? Um, I I wouldn't say like a, a swath of microbes, a community, I guess you would call them, of microbes. I don't it depends on the microbe, okay. but um, under a microscope, they're really cool to look at. Are oh. these known strains, or is there has there been a lot of research at the uh, flora and fauna of sewer there, cheese? There is a lot of research. <laughs> when it comes to infrastructure, there is a lot of research about how to mitigate that type of wear and tear on pipes because that's that's not good. And so, obviously, we want to prove improve our infrastructure and the equipment we have to use to one, one move thing the water around. And I'm wondering about is since the forests and rainforests are uh, a reservoir of medical microbes, can, once that's gone, we may have to move to the sewers for our pharmaceuticals, biopharmaceuticals, do you think? That might be a resource because you would imagine that they would be this is awesome. Wow, it's this next level. Do you just like sit and look out the window and think about these things? Yeah, well, he looks in the sewer (laughs) and thinks about it. Yeah, while he's snaking the shower. He looks at the toilet and thinks about it. There's a lot of inspiration coming from sewer cheese. The crazy thing about microbes, (laughs) I wish I I was a microbiologist. I'm not, but microbiology, I still can be. Uh, Microbiology is a fascinating, fascinating field of research. And the reality is we don't know. Hmm. What we don't know about microbes is a lot. Could fill up a library. And viruses, for that matter, is Ah. a lot. We know nothing. Hmm. Like comparatively to the things we know, this is an entire branch of the animal kingdom that we just don't understand. You can become a billionaire making drugs out of ish, um, <laughs> my You're thinking this is a moment is right here. Lou, coming out of mouth. Lou, you could become a billionaire. We could all become billionaires. Yeah. Listen, I talked to microbes is, in there. This is the best first segment of any segment we've had so far. I that think, was good. I think that highlights uh, a cool thing about wastewater is that it doesn't have to be waste. Mm-hmm. There is so much you can do with wastewater. Oh, I do. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna touch on that okay. next time <laughs> on Pooh Corner. Marissa Capito, thanks so much. An engineer down at the Juno Wastewater Treatment Plant. Thanks so much for coming in. Absolutely, anytime. went down to dig in the dirt and he came up over the top of the garden weasel and just stuck it right into the top of my head. I mean, gunk. I mean, could have killed you. Welcome back to Bridge from Nowhere. I'm Andy Klein and I'm here with Juno musician, George Kuhar. George, thanks for coming in, man. Thank you, Andy. I was going to say local legend, but I knew that would be <laughs> oh, overstepping. Oh. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Don't 
don't. Although you went ahead and said it anyway. So then now I said it. See how I did that? <laughs> then I went ahead and said it. So there, yeah. got to say what I wanted to say. Yeah, that's a cute. That's a clever trick. It's clever. I know. I'm clever <laughs> that way. Man, you've been. Uh, you've been. How long have you been living in Juno? Ten years now. About ten years yeah, now. That's yeah. right. And um, and I kind of known you. I think since maybe the second or third year you got here. I'd say maybe you you when you first came to town, you weren't doing music. Uh, you weren't really performing music as much then. You were you were kind of ill. I was sick and dying. Yes. Yeah. That's an amazing journey that's happened with you. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't it's something you probably don't dwell on much, but it's something that sure is a it's a kind of modern miracle of medicine. You got mm-hmm. a kidney transplant that's and allowed right. you to have a renewed life and a renewed vigor and mm-hmm. get back to your old self. I'm sure is how you feel about it. Well, yeah, I, you know, the only thing that I would say to <clears throat> In addition to that, is that it wasn't really like getting back to my old self, you know, like like the old self was like after that was the old self was gone, you know, because I I had just moved up here from Texas, and then I got sick, like it it just seemed to happen at the same time, kind of without warning, without knowing that that, that was a possibility, or did I, you kind of know? I should have known, but I <laughs> but I didn't, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, so I I was basically going into renal failure, losing my kidneys, and um, and it just, you know, it stopped everything. At the age of 20, 27. 27. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, actually, no, I was 26. Mm-hmm. That's, is that right? No, I was 27. It's 27. And, and uh, yeah, it just stopped everything for a few years. It just had to deal with that. And we don't need, I mean, this is, it's an amazing story. You ended up, your now wife was now the person wife. that mm-hmm. ended up being a, a possible donor match for your kidney. And that's whose kidney you now carry around inside of you, which is a that's exactly right. beautiful story. Yes. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's pumping away or doing whatever kidneys do <laughs> in there. And <laughs> they do, they do it, pulse. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> blood rushes in there. Right. Amazing. So, so that's an incredible thing, but. But so you started performing music maybe three years or so after, I mean. After coming to Juno. Yeah, the first time I played in Juno was with Bridget, my wife. um, And we did a show together at the Jack in their gallery room. We showed the silent film Nosferatu. It was Halloween of 2008. It was the year I'd gotten my transplant earlier that year. And... And it was like after that, it was like, okay, it's time to make music again. It just seemed to naturally happen that way. And so, so I think about that because that was the first time I met you because I was running a radio station, KXLL, back then. And um, got to interview you guys for the purpose of, oh, here are these musicians and they're doing this cool thing. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I had kind of interviewed Bridget at that point. Bridget I think had, you had, yeah. had, a, had it, that really cool album out called Maybe It's Reno. Mm-hmm. That was the band that she was fronting. And... Um, and so I had talked to her about that and even written an article about that mm-hmm. in a local paper. That's right. And um, but then got to meet you and and uh, and uh, went over to the Jack and got to see you guys do um, Nosferatu. Uh, and I was really – I mean, I, anyway, I'm a fanboy, as you know. But I was blown away. It was amazing. It was very cool. Some That music is some of my still favorite music that you've made. I, I love that theme.
marching theme mm-hmm. that you have that's uh, uh, really wonderful. It's got some menace to it, but it also has some like hope and beauty to it, mm-hmm. and it really describes this weird and complex character uh, of what Nosferatu is in that classic movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Ellen, too. And Ellen, right? And it's also, yeah, right, exactly. Like it's, it's like, it's a, it's a kind of a twisted love story. As most vampire stories are, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Good point. So, yeah, well, no, I mean, it is, yeah. It was and, one uh, of the first. But it was a really cool idea. It was also one of these things where I kind of felt like, oh, now here's these musicians coming to town. You know, not coming to town, but they've been in town for a little while. But they're used to being musicians other places. And in other places, like this idea of taking a silent movie and putting your own soundtrack to it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's difficult and um, was a really cool thing to have done. Um, so, what was your what was your thought process on doing that? Why did why why do you think that ended up being your first musical foray back? <clears throat> it's a weird thing because what I, yeah. I I was gonna it's make not what we do. It's not like yeah, really what we're known for. And I was gonna draw some weird parallel between this character of Nosferatu and his ability to live forever and this rebirth that you mm-hmm. were in a way, way having. I you know I I haven't thought about it much, but as you're like telling the story to me right now, like it's making me realize, oh yeah, of course. Subconsciously, we chose that movie because it spoke to something that we had been through. Like, um, you know, like at the end, she sacrifices herself in the story um, to him. And um, and they they both die. And but she does it to to save the community. And um, which isn't exactly Bridget and I's story, but. (laughs) <laughs> well, on the positive there end, a, there is. She, Bridget made she a real did, sacrifice. She did make a sacrifice to save something other than herself. So it's it's a true like hero story, yeah, heroine story, yeah. And um, and I, so I, I suppose yeah, it was an expression of that. What you know, her act of heroism and what we had been through, and you know, when you lose your kidneys, you lose your ability to make blood, and so I was like a vampire, you know, that time. It was like. Kind of like she, in a way, yeah, no, coming to think about it, wow. now that we're talking about it, yeah. she was able, she sacrificed herself and and stopped the vampire, which is what I was in, in a weird way, living like beyond the, because like, dialysis keeps you alive when you should be dead. It's, not, it's doing something that your kidney can't do. And in the old days... Um, people and on it dialysis. saps your strength. It and does. And it does yeah. all, and all those things, right? Right. Yeah. In, in the old days, dialysis patients got blood transfusions. A lot of them ended up with AIDS, you know, but they couldn't make their own blood. Now they have like a hormone they can give you during your treatment that tricks your body into making blood. But it's not, you know, it wouldn't be doing it otherwise. Um, and in general, your your red blood cell count is pretty low. So it's just, it's a crazy experience. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, to be that ill... When you're young and vibrant and in every other way, you know, and and then to to have a miracle occur in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not an uncommon miracle nowadays. I mean, kidney transplants happen, and they're one of those transplants that are successful and mm-hmm. and have been happening for a while, right? So it's not like this brand new thing, but it's it's there's still, a good success rate. But every day is a miracle because you don't know how long it's going to last, you know. Um, could last two years, could last 20 years, and uh, so you just don't know. And, you know, honestly, most days, that's not always something I'm thinking about, like, how long is it going to last? You know, <laughs> take it for granted a lot. But sometimes I do stumble upon that thought where it's, man, I'm really lucky. I've been, you know, I've been bought this extra time, 
and I don't know how much I have until, uh, you know, that kidney goes and I'll have to go back on dialysis, you know. So there's there's always that. I guess it, it does give me a sense of urgency. I was like, going to naturally ask that, yeah. To, to do the kind of work that I want to do. Um, and so that's I think that's something that keeps pushing me forward as a musician is knowing that, like, I don't have forever and and there's work that I want to do and I want to do something that's going to bring something into Juno that it really needs. And that's why we did the silent film thing because it was just so obvious. Like, nobody here is doing that? That's like one of the coolest things to see is uh, someone play music to a silent film. It's like, well, let's just do it. And we chose that story because it was our story. And um, It was a fun time too. Halloween, re- yeah. spooky, all that stuff. That yeah. movie is a classic and it still holds up as being so weird and scary and spooky and mm-hmm. creepy. I mean, it's great. Yeah, the actors <laughs> who played um, Max Shrek was the name of the actor who played Nosferatu. He's and really incredible. Later, later, Max Shrek was played by Willem Dafoe in <laughs> a movie about the making of that movie that sort of insinuated that Max Shrek himself was a vampire, <laughs> right? I mean, it's all this. There's a lot of legend about that movie and about that actor and right and those things, and and so it was a there's a lot of depth to that project mm-hmm. because of that. Um, so I think it resonated with the audience, yeah. because of all all of that. What we said, it definitely did. Well, we're talking to George Kuhar, local legend. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Here on Bridge from Nowhere. Chewbacca. We got Chewbacca, angry Chewbacca, or happy Chewbacca. <laughs> but fixing Chewbacca in his fixing mode. That's my favorite. <laughs> or when he's talking to Han Solo about something. You're not recording that, are you? It's all recorded. That's good. <laughs> That's gold. Just do a whole episode as three Wookiees, like the beginning of the holiday special. Oh, my God. Four terabytes of audio data. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a show about living in Alaska and Wookiee noises. We have 18 hours of Wookiee noises for your pleasure. Mm-hmm. Bad So, hey, human sit back, Wookie relax. Noise. It's stormy outside and enjoy the next two hours of Wookiee sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bridge from Nowhere, and uh, I'm Andy Klein. I'm Jamie. Jamie Karnick. How's it going? And I'm Lou Logan, sitting to the right of Jamie. Yes, you are. Hello. We were talking about Wookiees. We were. Oh, I love them so the much. The magic of Wookiees. Yeah. And the discovery of the holiday special. Oh, my God. Which is just uh, a lot of Wookiee noises. For a long for time. time. <laughs> Chewie's family at the beginning. And B. I, Arthur. I love how they gave Chewie, Chewbacca, a good, unique name. And they have this mythology behind him. And he comes from a planet called... Kashik, 
And then they show his family in the special, and his father's name is Itchy, and <laughs> yep. his wife's name is Mala, and the son is Lumpy. So, um, Lumpy. which if I ever have a kid, I'm telling you right now, Lumpy Carnick. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good bet. It's a pretty good bet. <laughs> it's also, we were talking uh, earlier about how some kids don't use their given name. Yeah. You know, it'll be a descriptive name too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Old what Lumpy. In twenty years, why did you decide not to use your given name yeah. of Lumpy? <laughs> why did your parents even name you Lumpy? Say Fred Carnick. What is something to do with Wookies? Yeah, Lumpy Frederick Carnick. It's a beautiful name. <laughs> oh, Lumpy. Yes. Oh, the Star Wars. It might be time again, the Star Wars holiday special. It's been a few I years. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard it's to get through. It's, it's a much funnier idea than it is actually watching it. You have to do it with like a large group, and then, at least 10. And these weird kind of, you know, television stars of the day, the CBS television mm-hmm. stars Harvey of the day. Corman. Harvey Corman's in there. B. Arthur. B. Arthur, of course. I'm B. Arthur. I think Journey <laughs> is in there, I think. Journey? There's a band. Hmm. At one the point, band Journey is at it? one point Itchy like is watching a hologram because that's what Itchy does. He sits in his Wookiee recliner it, weirdly. and he puts on the thing. Doesn't he watch some weird? He watch some weird like slightly VR porn-y pornographic thing? thing. Yeah, and then but then there's also like a musical performance, and it's I think it's somebody like Journey. Hmm. Who wrote the holiday special? Do we know? I, like how is it affiliated with the Lucas and well, Industrial was, Light and Magic and all that stuff? He was a part of it, I think. I mean, yeah. I think Lucas had his hands on it. Well, he has judgment issues sometimes, yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's in retrospect, it's not that surprising. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. What do you think uh, Itchy was watching? Well, I mean, he's uh, you get to see what he's watching. That you go inside the VR helmet oh. of Itchy. And he, there's like a performance by somebody like Journey. It's if it's not Journey, it might as well be, you know. And then it's a, and it's a surprisingly pornographic, fully shaved woman Wookiees. talking to him. <laughs> no, a human woman. Oh, just oh. like yeah, not shaved. She just comes in the screen like, <laughs> no, oh, not at all. Hi there, you look good. Mm-hmm. She's scantily clad and super bedroom voice, and it's creepy. And then they keep awkwardly cutting back to Itchy, and he's just in his recliner with like a huge Wookie smile, kind of trembling. With excitement, uh, it's strange, gross. and like everything else in that thing, it goes on four times longer than it should. And there's no subtitles, so you can't tell what's going on. Just don't stop believing. Chewie's wife is making a big pot of stew. I think I'm gonna say his kid is running around, falling down, and getting in trouble. And it seems like she just says, "Oh, Dad, go watch your porn and get out of my hair." And so <laughs> he like just goes. He just goes and sits down and watches Journey and then porn, like you do on a Sunday afternoon waiting for your kid to come does. home for Life Day. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's amazing the whole thing. But uh, Wookie, we were talking about that. How that, like, I think about the Wookie's kind of like the bear of uh, Star Wars. Yeah, you know, like it seems like there's all this. There's levels of creatures in Star Wars, right? There's all these creatures, and then they all are actually fighter pilots too. They all get right. <laughs> how <laughs> they not get their knuckle right. and palm hair yeah, in the know, controls? Right. But then there's these creatures that are like beasts of burden creatures in yeah. Star Wars too. It's a weird... And then there's the Ewoks, too. And the Ewoks are sort of you know, in the middle. Little, like, yeah, feral creatures but yeah. that have language but don't aren't fighter pilots. No, they're primitive. primitive. Yeah, they're primitive. They're primitive yeah. species, those Ewoks. They believe in the great golden god of they C-3PO. Do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 uh, Toronto gosh. Toronto gosh. Oh, don't put a carbonite. Oh, telling tales. Oh, that stuff is the best. I always heard, by the way, that the name Ewok comes from the Pig Latin word for Wookiee. 
Oh uh, yeah, so I always it was thought, originally going to be the planet of Wookiees. Well, and I, I, I personally thought that there was going to be some sort of explanation about how Wookiees and Ewoks oh. were related. And I thought that when the Ewoks saw the Wookiee, they would go like, "Oh, oh man!" Because he's the most monstrous. It's like a Ewok giant ever. Ewok. It'd be like if we saw a twenty foot guy walk but down they, the street. They didn't go that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, <laughs> twenty just feet. Be like, oh, that's just a thing that 20 happens. Twenty feet of man. Just a twenty by. foot man shows up suddenly. <laughs> I, hate I feel him like already. we would freak out. What's yeah. the tallest person you've ever seen? Wow, that's a good question. I saw Patrick Ewing in in a in person in an airport. He's seven foot two. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was amazing about Patrick Ewing is I remember seeing this massive guy, but I didn't think about him as being tall. He was just so massive. I was like, "There's like that guy's like a bodybuilder. That's amazing. Look at that guy. He's really noticeable." Yeah. And then I realized, "Oh my God, that's Patrick Ewing, and he's seven feet tall." Of course, I'm noticing him. But that was, you know, and of course, when Boozer lived in town. Here. Yeah, the, I mean, the biggest human being I've ever seen was actually Charles Oakley. Oh, who was for those of you who don't know in like the '80s and '90s was maybe the toughest man in the National Basketball Association. The enforcer was the enforcer. Every for other Jordan, pro- other professional basketball players were afraid of him. And Jordan always talked about yeah. part of his success was that he had yeah. him and there. Helping him out, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you met him, though. Well, sort of. I was the, you know, as you would naturally think from yes. seeing me, I was the bouncer at a club once <laughs> in the, Chicago. The lamest club ever. I know. I'm the gentlest. <laughs> right. Welcome to Carnos. I mean, it's literally like having Winnie the Pooh as your bouncer. <laughs> Hello. Please don't get into any trouble. I'm getting rumbly in my tumbly yeah. if you don't leave. Yes. Oh, I've got a rumbly in my tumbly. My brain was full of fluff. And it was one of those places that had like a wall of mixing, swirling, heavily alcoholic slushies. And so people would go there and just get, you know, like apocalypse drunk. Smashed puppies. Um, Mm. And it would be packed. And we always had undercover policemen, like off-duty guys, moonlighting, would usually do like the real enforcing. But it was a popular place. Like NBA players would come in. And one time Charles Oakley came in and he walks in. And all I was doing was checking IDs really. Like they actually told me, look, you don't need to, like don't intervene because you'll get killed. Um, (laughs) You'll be killed. But Charles Oakley came in, and I looked at him. And, I mean, he was, like you said, he's tall. But the first thing I noticed was he's, like, just wide. Just he's, like, three of me, you know? and huge. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And or I remember I, looked, I, looked, I was 19 years old, I think, and I looked up at him, and I said, hey, I don't want any trouble out of you tonight. And he <laughs> laughed in the lowest human voice I've ever heard. Like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, it was like Jabba the Hutt's voice, basically. <laughs> and he said, all right, man, I'll be cool. Yeah. And then um, there was a fight that broke out. in the cl- And you could see Charles Oakley like across the sea of humans because he was seven inches taller than everybody else. And a fight broke out between the two guys who fight at a bar all the time. And I remember Charles Oakley was nearby and he reached over and he grabbed one and he picked him up off the ground Whoa. the way you would like, right. not even like a kid, like, or you a know, cat. like a suitcase. <laughs> he just lifted this guy up and then he looked or over and he kind of held the other guy with his hand and just kind of said like, all right, you guys be cool. And I mean, you see, these guys were like six, two and big and they were, I mean, they were terrified. It was, I mean, that's, I've that's never amazing. seen anything like it. It was amazing. I remember it. I can still see it to this day. It was 25 years ago. Yeah. The tallest person I saw is more of a generalization. I went to the Netherlands and those Dutch people. Large. I felt like I was uh, on the yellow brick road. Hey guys, where do I get to the <laughs> we Amsterdam? Represent the lollipop guild. <laughs> Those people are tall. Yeah, it's very three flat A's there. The three tall. A's in the word tall. Yeah. yeah. The Dutch. Oh, the Dutch. <laughs> That's just scratching the surface of loose feelings about the Dutch. They are tall dumb. Every segment of the show, I will go into a rant against the Dutch and their well, 
excessive height. Oh, oh, don't get me started, <laughs> Anthony. Oh, the Dutch. Oh, the Dutch. All their vowels. Let's do a quick segment. Let's do it. Pet peeve number one about the Dutch. Uh, they're so nice and friendly, and their beer is pretty good. That's not a rant at all. <laughs> Come on, Lou. <laughs> Everything they do is perfect, and I hate them all. Wow. <laughs> yeah. they, put, yeah. they make bad cars. <laughs> I don't think they make cars at all. Do they make cars? Is there any Dutch cars? Yes, from the show oh, we saw. Oh, right. Yeah, Safari. What, what was that called? The the Gart or the Gat or the Bork or the – what the hell was, it was that the Bork. called? I'm pretty sure it was the Bork. <laughs> Named after former Supreme Court <laughs> Bork and nominee Dom. Robert Bork. Yeah, the Bork yeah. and Dom. The old Bork yeah, and Dom. Something like that. Yeah, it had like a really short name. It was a great car. They drove it all over what the world. What was that guy's name? Augie – Albie Mangles. Albie Mangles. Albie Mangles. A sof- World Safari with Albie Mangles. It's amazing. It's uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Look up World Safari, and it's about a guy and his friend who traveled the world over a couple years, and they started with 400, uh, not Canadian, Australian, Australian dollars. dollars. In like 1978, I would Something say. Something like that. It's an amazing time capsule they go of what the world was Africa, like then. Africa, they go through Asia, and they have this car, this little truck called a dock or something like that yeah and it's it's belt driven it's like the dap or the daf or something daf that's it daf yeah yeah and uh, it's a weird little car and it's a but it's a it's a tough little thing it's an interesting documentary and it's really a lightweight car so they could kind of lift it up and stuff Mm -hmm. when they needed to yeah it was weird and they could fix it like it seemed like they could easily fix it although there's that one part where the guy has to like Hitchhike back to a town to wait for the part to be delivered. He's gone for like four months. Yeah. And the other guy has to just live in the place where the car broke down. <laughs> just eat baboons. For four months and just eat whatever he can catch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good thing. Well, that was, uh, that was someone journeying to remote places, trying to find, you know, remote and extreme things, find the world out there. Your travels here. You got here. You, you already talked about this a little bit, but uh, Aaron and... Pat said you should come on down. They started this. Was that because they were starting this company and wanted you to be part of that? They were. They already started Lucid Reverie, kind of a web development company back then, and also some video work. Yeah, they did uh, websites and uh, general nerdery. And um, at the time, you didn't have to have a beard to join. Uh huh. But uh, as time went on, they decided to. Embrace the neck beardiness of <laughs> computer and web development. <laughs> Nothing but a bunch of neck beards in there now. Now, excuse me. <laughs> to make a website, you have to know HTML and CSS. <laughs> what about JavaScript? Oh, <laughs> don't even get me started, oh. Andy. <laughs> website development has changed a lot in the last 10 years, obviously. but uh, So database-driven and all that now, We used right? to do yeah. everything by hand, by scratch, just using a text editor. It's kind of more fun that way, right? It was more fun. That's was, how I got into it. It was know? like, you know, building a house. You had the foundation and the you get to... On the backslashes. Mess around with a lot of wood. <laughs> yes. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Semicolons. <laughs> but now everything is all... Or full colons. <laughs> semicolons. Well, you got a lot of uh, fancy stuff now. You just put everything together, pick a template, and you call it good enough. Yeah. And you need Linux to do that, though. Well, clearly you need Linux to do everything. So you, operate, you are an operator of a Linux machine. You live in the Linux world. I do. And somehow I... What's, that makes you different. Uh <laughs> it's baffling. Why do you do that? 
Because I'm, I'm weird and stupid. <laughs> no, there's real I reasons, I must have some right? sort of mental problem. <laughs> you, but you like it. I mean, you're, you're kind of into it. it well, gives you, I guess I'm a control freak when it comes to the, the computer. Well, you're an amazing person to watch on a computer because you're a computer. Move! But you're a computer. Yeah, exactly. Move, let me do it. Ah, ah, give me the mouse. Andy, clearly you've never recompiled a kernel before. <laughs> well, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like, I, I like watching you type on the computer. You're so, you know, it's all, it's all command lines that you're doing, right? It is, you're it in, is. Yeah. And you have to remember all that. Mm-hmm. But to, to re- be able to remember all that stuff, you just all you have to do is get rid of all the useful and social stuff about every day life, and you throw that out the window, and then you can remember this crappy garbage that you can use to talk with a computer. <laughs> and that's why you're, um, yeah, that's why you're in the situation you're in now. Yes, <laughs> just in general. Yeah, it's just great with conversationalist and social. <laughs> <laughs> bow. 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 It also makes it super easy to do something on your computer when you're not there. Oh, Like yes. every once in a while when you have, when you'll ask me to like do something and you're like, all right, push four, then uppercase <laughs> nine, and carrot, carrot, then open, then open, then type in four, three, seven, J, J, uppercase. Hey, man, this is going out T. over the air. Don't give out his password. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, his password is just password. Yeah. No, I changed it. I mean, that's like the weirdest Car- thing Carno. about the whole thing. Oh, Carno. <laughs> With a zero. Yeah. Carno 84. It was probably about 84 that I started calling myself Carno, I bet. <laughs> that was the, the magic year. Carno 84 was a big year. Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. I was super inspired. Yeah. Carl uh, Lewis. And we're going to talk about a lot more stuff on Bridge from Nowhere. Who do we need to thank? Uh, we should thank KTOO Public Radio here in Juneau. Alaska Podcast Network. And then you guys at Alaska Robotics. Yes. Marissa Capito, an engineer out at Juneau Wastewater Treatment Plant. George Kuhar. Steve Nelson, house band. Oh, yeah. The yes, house band. The house band. House band produced our music, but also we heard music today from Playboy Spaceman, from George and Bridget Kuhar. And that house band is Coulson. Coulson. It's not Nelshar. No, Nelshar would be okay, Nelshar. <laughs> Nelshar is a Danish metal band, I think. <laughs> we are Nelshar. Or it's, it's a lovely end table from Ikea. <laughs> yes, the Nelshar. <laughs> the Nelshar. Impossible to put together. It's really hard to put together. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks also to Jeff Brown, Scott Burton, Pat Race, and Aaron Suring. Thanks to Jen Karnick. Thank you, Jen. I think we can do yeah, that's Jim what I was Garnet, thinking. Allie yeah. Rosen, Heather Bradner. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Special thanks to Jen Karnick. And Allie Rosen. And Heather Bradner for their support. Uh, More information at... Oh, yeah, bridgefromnowhere.com. Come check it out. There's going to be stuff there. There is stuff there. I'm Andy Klein. I'm Jamie Karnick. And I'm Lou Logan. <coughs> and I'm Lou Logan. And I'm Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> they stole it from us. <laughs> and, uh... That's it from nowhere. Yeah, we'll see you next time from the other side of nowhere. Bah. I can edit that into something, I think. <laughs>